What's up, dirty birdies? This is your favorite Castle Rock podcast, or maybe your second or third favorite. Who cares? It's the Watchers on the Couch, Castle Rock. I am one half of your host. My name is Chris Nays. Here is the other half. Her name is... Debbie Hodges. And we are here for the sixth episode of season two. Just flying by. It really is. And, you know, we did a couple of uh, doubled up episodes, so it's going even faster. Yes, for sure. This episode was called The Mother... And we're going to get to that in a second, but I have some other things we have to get to first. Oh, that kind of rhymed. Um, yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> uh, I have a rare opportunity to plug something that I'm doing that is not this show. Ooh. My band from high school Ooh. is going to do a reunion show. A birthday bash, right? Yeah, so... We used to do a bunch of Justin's birthday shows. Justin Poole kind of was our pseudo manager right. back in the day. He would Basically, he would just book our shows. It didn't really go anything beyond that. He didn't have any influence over <laughs> us, really. And promotional. He, did, he helped promotionally. Sure. I mean, you know, everybody in the band was pretty lazy about the kind of stuff when yeah. we were a fully functioning band. So, like, you know, he would basically do the dirty work, right? I remember at the old library, you guys coming in and printing off flyers one time. Um, yeah, I will take your word for that. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> I remember it happening with, with some band. Yeah, I you know, the library is where the copy machine is. <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's also where you can get the free copies. <laughs> yeah. So, um, end of January or... February 1st, so either the 25th or February 1st uh, will be when the show is. And where is it at? Uh, it will be at FUBAR, most likely, but we haven't really nailed down exactly all the details yet. You want to do that? Yeah. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> Before the show happens, I will have more concrete details about it. However, right now, all you need to know is that a show is happening, and I would like listeners of our show to be there if you would like to be there. Or be square. Or be square. Uh, moving on, I need to tell you about a dream that I had. Oh, okay. This is actually... I have to tell you about in two dreams in order for this story to completely make sense. Okay. So a couple of weeks ago, I had this dream where it turns out I was involved in some kind of terrorist act. Oh, no. (laughs) What happens is I come into the dream just before a large building explodes very close to me. Okay. Okay. I get in my Jeep and I take off and I get to... Some kind of checkpoint area. It's like I'm moving state to state or something like that. Or like I'm in an airport. I can't, I don't really know the, you know, dreams are crazy sometimes. Mm -hmm. You don't really know what's going on. There's a station where you have to go through and there's guards. There's guards around. Um, As I'm making my way away from this explosion, police are already setting up 
checkpoint-ish mm-hmm. kind of things where they're questioning me, questioning like, me. Like a perimeter. Yeah. And I, in this dream, I feel really guilty. <laughs> I obviously had something to do with the large explosion. Then I get to, like I said, this like airport or something like that. And they are keeping everyone confined to this area. They're not letting people leave. They're like quarantining this city type area because somebody within that city had something to do with it. Turns out it was me (laughs) and some other accomplices that I never was able to figure out. You know, no, I never conferred with anybody during the dream. Yeah. You know, so I don't know who else was involved, but obviously I, I was, and um, I remember it, saying to myself, like, this is the last time I'm ever involved in anything <laughs> like this, because obviously I'm about to get caught. I'm or something. never doing this again. So, about a week or so later, this past week since we've podcasted, I had another dream. Mm. And in this dream, I'm in a classroom, and my teacher is none other than Mr. Stephen King himself. Oh, goodness. So he says to me... Like today's version of Stephen King, or like a older 80s version? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a today's version. So he's okay. aged, okay. right, to what he looks like today. And he asked the class to tell... Or ask for somebody to tell about a nightmare that they had. So I raised my hand immediately. I'm like, I had this crazy nightmare very recently where I was a part of a terrorist plot. And I go on to explain. This is know. like an Inception type it dream. It is. It's, it was <laughs> super odd. I, ne- I don't remember ever having connected dreams like this yeah. before. To where I'm referencing a dream that I had. Yeah, like, wait, I got I got this crazy dream. <laughs> so uh, I tell him about it, and he loves it. He's like, that's the perfect example. And uh, and he starts asking other class people about, about their dreams and stuff, but I'm too chuffed about what just happened <laughs> to me. <laughs> Stephen King is my substitute mm-hmm. teacher for the day or whatever. Or maybe he's just a guest speaker in the classroom or something like that. And he loved what you said. He loved what I said. Now, I think that this happened because in Salem's Lot, the writer in the story gets to be a guest speaker in the class. And I have very recently read that. Okay. So, like, I think that's what triggered this to happen. But uh, I just thought it was interesting and, of course, pertains to stuff that we're talking about so. i just find it interesting that you're referencing other dreams and dreams i know it's i i don't anticipate that happening again it's crazy <laughs> but very cool um and now we are to our lightning round of news and let me i gotta pull up the pull the audio clip of us loading uh <laughs> What is the lightning noise? Well, that's, that sounds more, yeah, like crashing. Crashing. Crumbling. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's never not going to crack me up. Um, lightning round of news. Very quickly, let's talk about some Stephen King things. Debbie, have you seen Dr. Sleep yet? No. It came out last weekend. I know. Neither I of us saw it. I haven't had a chance, and... I'm kind of bummed about like what I'm hearing, like review wise. Well, uh, I haven't really dug into in depth reviews about it, but 
It did bomb at the box office. Yeah. It only came in uh, second for the weekend. It should have been an easy... Easy win. Runaway, uh, you know, number one at the box office because it's a big, it's supposed to be a big movie. I wonder why nobody went. Well, I have some thoughts on that, mm-hmm. but... You know, we didn't go. I know. And we're both huge <laughs> Stephen King fans, so that says something. And we wanted to see it. Yeah. I, you know, I had a busy weekend last weekend, you know, two band practices and one of my only days off. So that's kind of what kept me from going. Yeah, I had Dexter. Yeah. And then my one free day, I yeah. did outside stuff because it was gorgeous. So I think at least in the St. Louis area, that probably had something to do with it. It was really nice. Yeah, for sure. It was beautiful this weekend. Right. Uh, so, uh, my, but sort of my thoughts on it are like, it's a sequel to the Stanley Kubrick, right? Mm -hmm. Um, while also being based on a Stephen King novel. So it works for both. Right. Um, the Stephen or the, uh, Stanley Kubrick fans, I could see them not wanting to go and see it because Stanley Kubrick's dead. Right. So he has nothing to do with this, and you're making a sequel to his movie? I could see... And if Jack Nicholson was the draw for you. Yeah, and he's not in it. Right. And, you know, um, it's just a whole new thing based on an old thing that is very beloved. So I totally get why people would be sort of uh, hesitant to go and check out this movie. Um, You know... I think just getting people to go to the movies for sequels is a th- tough thing anyway. Like, I, especially a sequel that's many years later. Yeah, I mean, unless it's a a superhero movie. Yeah. Well, Terminator also bombed. Yeah, exactly. And that was a few weeks ago. And they um, put all their monies in that. Yeah, and I think it's also we're in sort of the doldrums of movie release yeah. of the year. You know what I mean? Like... I, I th- really think if this had been released a couple weeks earlier, um, before Halloween or the weekend of Halloween or whatever, the week of, it probably would have done better. I wonder if something else came out that weekend that they didn't want to go against. Uh, I don't remember what came out Halloween week. Because, but... you know, if a studio owns several movies, mm-hmm. they stagger them. Right. Or if you think you're going to get slaughtered in the yeah. box office, then they stagger it. Uh, I do know that Dr. Sleep lost to Midway, which is a military uh, movie, right? Yeah. Based on the Battle of Midway from World War II. Um, And it's got a Jonas Brother in it. Right. It came out during uh, the week of Veterans Day. Um, So I think that's actually going to have some staying power because older people generally don't make it weekend of opening for movies. Yeah. I don't see Dr. Sleep getting a second week week bump. I mean, maybe it'll be one of those things that does better for home release or something. (laughs) Possibly. Uh, We're having cat interruptions. (laughs) I just got smashed in the face by my microphone. Welcome to my world. Here it comes. (laughs) Um, So, all this said, it's kind of unfortunate, but I will still be going to the theater to see it. Potentially, we'll talk about it on a, a one-off episode for this podcast. Yeah. Once we both see it, so I don't know if you have plans to go to the theater. I do want to see it in theaters. Um, if we both get to the theater to see it, we will talk about it for sure. 
but uh, that will necessitate us going. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, if I have a a random day off, mm-hmm. I might go see it in the morning. But it all depends on how long it stays in theaters. Yeah. I, well, I would anticipate at least for the next month or so it'll you still think? be. And like Terminator, I'm going to see Terminator tomorrow. Um, it's been in theaters going on about a month, I think, and that's almost ready to go. Oh, so, wow. It's been a month that it's been out? I At least three or four weeks, something like that. This might be its fourth week. So, moving on, uh, Gwendy's Button Box, the sort of uh, novella-ish length thing that he co-wrote with another guy, that's turning into a trilogy, and Steven is sort of handing off the reins to this other guy. So, As far as writing it? Or? Yeah. Uh, I believe Steven wrote the forward to the second one that's getting ready to come out or will be coming out within the next couple of months or something like that. But I really enjoyed the first one, so I'm hoping... Uh, I believe it's in good hands because I couldn't really tell the difference between the two guys. Well, that's good. You know? They they flowed well together. Yeah, for sure. So, Gwendy's Button Box. Look for that. It's uh, It sounds like such a dirty name um, for a book. Gwendy's Button Box. Yeah, I wish I could... <laughs> like reference it and tell you what it's about but it's been a couple of years since i read it so i can't really it's about that. gwendy's button box yeah it is but what exactly is that i think it's like a cursed box like toy box of some kind i'm imagining it's either a box of buttons or it's her button box mm-hmm. i think you open it up and there's <laughs> buttonish things inside of it and it does terrible things to people when she messes around with it i think that's what it is don't quote me quoting uh please don't uh (laughs) the stand uh remake is currently filming in vancouver there are photos being posted online of uh the victims of the captain trips virus they -hmm. look pretty intense oh yeah yeah uh you know if you remember the miniseries oh uh, i remember it i don't know if you've read the book or not but Very terrible things happen to the entire world. Right. Practically. And Except the, for a few select people. Right. And the victims of said virus and then the violence that ensues uh, are pretty brutal. And the photos that they have posted show various dead people. Ah. So you can look that stuff up if you'd like. If you see a picture of Skarsgård in his Randall flag get up. Mm-hmm. Send that to me. They definitely have not posted that yet. Yeah, if you see that, I want to see it. It was, uh, there's no cast members. It's all, you know, extras and or dummies. Just sets, yeah. Right. So there's that. That is the end of lightning round of news. (laughs) (laughs) Shall we get to the episode? Sure. All right. So on to episode six entitled The Mother. Uh, we left off last episode with, uh, let's see, it was Rita getting the call from Joy, correct? Right. Okay. So, this episode opens up with Rita waking up, uh, stabbed, right? Yeah, it was the flashback. She has the scissors in her stomach or chest or whatever, and then... Moves quickly to Rita present day in uh, an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. Right. 
she is uh, talking about her life, you know, as an alcoholic and and drug addict and drug addict. And she's talking about how, you know, they probably know who she is because the story was national, apparently got out and was a was a big deal in the news at the time. Yeah. She says, um, even people like us can turn the page. But, um, you know, the subtext of this um, is that doesn't mean that she's happy. No. You know, or that she's not haunted by this insane thing that happened to her. Yeah. It's Um, definitely affected her entire life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, after that, we see her working, you know, as a grocery a, store in a grocery store and she's like doing the cart corral right. sort of thing <laughs> um then we go to the moment of the phone call from joy from the last episode yeah and uh we see the quick internet search today <laughs> will find you pretty much whatever you need <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what's funny is anytime anybody calls me i always google search that phone number mm-hmm. and at no point in time is it ever that helpful no usually uh what will come up will be like it'll it'll say like it'll have a star rating of how likely it is that this is a yeah. uh what do you call those? Um, Spammer. Spam call, right. Or they want you to pay for it. Right, They're exactly. like, we'll give you this information if you give us money. Right, there's those websites where you can pay to do that, which you have to be a little, <laughs> like, maybe a little more paranoid than you or I are to yeah. <laughs> pay to see who is actually calling you. Like, it's right. not that big of a deal for me. If I know it's a number that doesn't normally call, then obviously it is not something you want to pick up right right uh so she sees the name of the uh friend of joy's right yeah chance yeah it's and it's either um chance's mom or it's her i can't remember if i think it says georgia so i don't know if that's her name that's her real first name i believe so then we go to the Mellow Tiger with Annie. Yeah. Uh, from where we left off with her, she was getting drunk and Ace showed up, right? And we, yeah. we sort of had our Uh-oh. thoughts about <laughs> where that could go. You know, it could only be bad, really, right? Yeah. Turns out it didn't end up as bad as we might have thought it was. I mean, it's still going to be bad, but... Yeah. So Ace convinces her quite easily that... Their uh, confrontation was just a dream. Yeah. Now she's wasted. Um, so she's like laughing about it. Well, they're both laughing. Yeah. I just, I just loved how when he first walked up, he was like, "Oh, hello." Right. <laughs> like, fancy meeting you here, yeah. person who killed me but didn't kill me. Yeah. So she does have like a, oh no, look for a second, but then I think the alcohol does its trick on right. her and. She goes a little into crazy land. Yeah. So he walks her home to safety. I know. What I, the hell? You know, we can only assume from the previous things where people are in um, rather precarious situations and he ends up, you know, kidnapping them or murdering them or whatever. Yeah. Back to the Marson house. We should assume 
that's exactly what's going to happen with her. But he just takes her back to the lodge. Yeah. Well, I had a feeling he was saving her for something. Yeah, obviously he has ulterior motives going on. Yeah. Uh, something in store for her beyond what uh, he could have done to her, right? Right. And I know, it was just so sweet. He's just tucking her in on the couch. Well, it would be sweet <laughs> if we didn't know what we know about him. He right? wasn't like a body snatcher. Yeah. So then we go to Nadia and Joy at the safe house sort of situation. A quick scene between them. Yeah. Where she's saying, you'll be safe here. Just chill. And this is all falling apart for Annie because right. now more and more people are getting involved. Right. Uh, we see a uh, pop voicemail apology to uh, to Nadia, right? Yeah. Turns out Abdi has known about this situation between the three of them for five years. Yeah. Oh, that's not good. No, that's not good because in the very next scene, Nadia is throwing <laughs> all of Abdi's shit out onto the lawn. Well, because Pop assumes that by now she's spoken to Abdi, mm -hmm. and in reality, she hasn't. So he's spilling even more beans in the voicemail. Yeah. So Ace says that, or uh, I'm sorry, uh, Abdi says that Ace used it, the the knowledge of the situation to fuck with him. Uh, Ace apparently found out through the mail somehow. Right. And, uh, you know, seeing that Abdi has kind of stuck by Nadia and, like, lives with her, uh, I don't really see this as the ultimate betrayal that Nadia does. Yeah. Um, I think she's just really upset. Yeah, I feel like when push comes to shove, they're going to protect each other like when the shit literally hits the fan with everything else yeah like nadia says like you are my only person in this world that is my blood the only person i can depend on and you've done this to me i right. get where she's coming from yeah but she also both of these people also don't realize the gravity of what is going on all around them. <laughs> exactly you know I mean? so like if they knew that stuff they would like maybe chill a little bit on this situation and work decide on... they both need to get out of dodge yeah yeah uh, so then we go to a young mur uh, young couple who get murdered in their home. Lance and Heather. Right. I wrote down their names. <laughs> and the bugs are sort of the harbinger of something is about ready to happen, right? Yeah. Like anytime these bugs are around, you know that shit's about to go bad. Right. So uh, as soon as I saw, like I think on the subtitles it said like, Bugs. <laughs> the subtitles kind of give things yeah, away sometimes. they do, for sure. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, now I know what's going to happen. Uh -huh. you know? So that was kind of lame. But um, but they do mention in the scene, because he wants to marry her, and he wants to buy her a ring, and she says, don't buy me a ring, buy me drugs. Yeah. Which is important for what happens next. Exactly. Yeah. So It seemed weird in the moment. Like, why? okay, why are you showing us these druggies? Yeah, I... That's the thing with this, especially this season, is like it seems like everything that happens is a key to something, something that happens else. later. Yeah. Like it's very, I find it very well put together. Everything um, means something. So I end up writing down everything. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which early on the season of this podcast, we said we weren't going to do that as much. It's but so we hard ha not to. I know, we kind of have to. So at I least for the way this show works for us. Yeah. So let me go to Ace submerging. Uh, their corpses in water inside these Dracula-like coffins. I called it goop. 
Yeah. Resurrection goop. Uh, that's <laughs> apt, I think. Um, it seems like he wants to use Annie as a vessel for this person that is written on the coffin itself. Yeah. Uh, and it says the year 1600 something on it. Right. Which this all goes back to my original theory of body snatchers. Like yeah. it's all coming together. Yeah. It's body snatchers. <laughs> so, but that's also very close to the Salem's lot thing because, you know, turning people into vampires, they also come back from the dead. So yeah. it's just like a sort of sidestep from that. So here's um, here's my question though. What is your question? How did Ace get resurrected? Like who put him in the goop? Well, I think when he falls down into that shaft, he's down the goop is in that sort of But he's not submerged. Like the whole process doesn't happen for him. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's a more powerful uh, like, spirit that gets him or the right. most of the, the, the head spirit or whatever gets him first. Maybe. So that way he can continue on. Yeah, I don't. I, I Nobody knows. <laughs> we don't know. That damn hole, man. It's just confusing <laughs> right. me. Everything about that hole is just. The hole of confusion yeah. is what it is. So he says, uh, you know, he references the name later, but on the coffin, it's uh, Amity. So and, he, and that year, that date that I mentioned from the 1600s. So and he calls her my love, my prophet. Right. You will rise, an Annie. So uh, the DFS visit Annie. Oops. Uh, that's not good. Nope. She just stalls and is like, "I'm sick. Go away." Well, you yeah, because her house is trashed. Yeah. Um, because they're gonna check out the house, obviously, to make sure it's livable. That's what DFS does. Yeah. And they want paperwork on joy mm -hmm. which she does not have so the dfs guy leaves and i know when will you not be contagious <laughs> right. tomorrow okay uh rita then arrives in town and she is questioning georgia at this address that she found on the uh on the internet right yeah um georgia's instinct which totally hurts the character is to protect her friend which is chance joy. right yeah um, Annie sees Rita after she gets done, after Rita gets done talking to Georgia or Chance or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, before Rita sees Annie and she quickly hides. She books it into the back of the house. Right. And she starts gathering the stuff in the house to make it on the run again. Yeah. Uh, and she notices the lockbox that Joy stole. Uh, so we're getting interconnected plots again. Uh, it's tying up things really nicely for us. Like, how long is it going to take for Annie to realize that the box is gone? It's important to her. She should have maybe noticed it a little earlier than she She's has. She's been uh, having some other things. Things going are on. happening. She's getting wasted. <laughs> yeah. The person she killed is bringing her back home. Right. Uh, so Ace speaks with a new convert while. Or a new resurrected person. Yeah, right? we're back at the manor. Right, we're back at uh, Marston House. And he's speaking with one of them. And it's it's while, like, it's there's construction going on <laughs> around the house. It's sort of like one of those TV shows where they're rehabbing. I thought he was, thought he was speaking to his brother. I thought oh, yeah, his, you're right. Him and his brother were having a discussion. It was the not Chris yeah. version of Chris. Because he was talking about how he needs to speak English. Right. <laughs> Yeah, um, 
reminding him like you need to play it like we're in the place that we are. Everybody right. in this time speaks English all the time. So yeah. got to play the role, right? Um Ace says that Amity said that the end would come in this uh, time period, right? 400 years later. Yeah, in four days. In four days, or the last four episodes of the yeah, season. Exactly. <laughs> so um, I have some thoughts on that. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll get to it a little bit later, but like, just generally speaking, I kind of wish he wouldn't have said that. Four the, days. Yeah, because that just plans out the rest of the, like, we know certain things have to happen for certain characters to make it all the way to the end. So that sort of ruins some stuff that happened in this episode for me. Okay. Um, but we'll get to that. So the female um, of the two who they submerged in the coffins. Heather. Heather. Uh, disappeared when they go to resurrect her, but the male uh, comes out of the coffin and he's yeah you know, he's, he's what he's, he's supposed to be one of these creatures. He's been goopified, right? Exactly. But when they go to resurrect the female from the female coffin, she is gone. She's just gone. Yeah. So Which I would I feel like somebody would have noticed. Yeah, but I don't know if there's a <laughs> microwave period they have to leave them in yeah, for so, so long before they're cooked and ready to go. I don't know. You would think you would have, like, one person just watching them. Yeah, exactly. So then we go to Nadia listening to a voicemail in her car. And within about five seconds, we get a jump scare. Yeah. <laughs> Which I was like, whoa. No. <laughs> um, the escaped woman is vomiting all over her car window. Yeah, gross. And she's got goop all over her. I mean, best person she could have, like, you know run up and scared yeah a doctor yeah so i don't know um that's yeah i i think that's probably the best person she could have ran into in that moment but besides me police officer although the police are already goo creatures as well so yeah. <laughs> or at least one of them is and he's running over children yeah um yeah so then we go back to rita she's trying to call the fbi uh, this has obviously happened before, by the way, that this conversation happens. You know, she's been on the trail of Annie and Joy for a while. Right. But she's always been kind of out of Rita's grasp at the last minute, it seems like. And she had been heavily influenced with drugs and alcohol before, right. so they have a... And they know who she is. Yeah, they they have less chance of believing her. Right. They They've closed this case a while ago because... It's been 16 years or whatever, and, you know, sometimes cases go cold, right? right. Um, so, Chance or George's mom... is This is Vera. Vera. So... The friend. Yeah. She had overheard the conversation between Rita and her daughter earlier, mm -hmm. and heard Rita said, I'll give you $500 if you tell me where she is. That's what you call burping off of Mike, <laughs> by the way. Uh, the mom knows where Joy is, so she's like, I'll take you to her now for $500. I don't think that's the mom. I think that's their friend, Vera. Remember when they all went out on the boat? Oh, that, that's so, the other girl. Okay. I she, I didn't 
recognize her from earlier, but I also yeah. am not rewatching these episodes. So yeah, it's just it's just the friend Vera. Okay, so um, I guess Vera doesn't have the. I guess uh, need to protect Joy. <laughs> allegiance. Yeah, yeah. So she needs the money. Uh, also, thank you for correcting me, because we could have gone through the rest of this episode, and I would have just thought <laughs> that, the that mom. was her mom. <laughs> um, Annie goes to the safe house at the same time for Joy. Right. The receptionist says she's with her mom. Dun 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 dun. Um, Annie is like, okay, well, I got to leave then because <laughs> this is not where I need to be. They're going to be on to me, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Rita is there, of course, and Rita spills the beans about the entire thing. Yeah, she doesn't Joy. hold anything back. No, there's something I need to tell you. Yeah. This is going to be hard. It's just, here it is. Um, Joy slash Evangeline is really upset Obviously. by all of this information, understandably so. Because she just found out her mom is her sister mom. Yeah. Um, you know, and it makes sense for a character she, at 16, you wouldn't be able to process this kind of crazy information. Like, no. and she kind of, I think Rita, what Rita in her heart of hearts wants to, her to joy to do is just run into her open arms and run away back to a real life with her. Right. But. She is not willing to do so. She says, I need time, you know, come back tomorrow, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, because she's not Evangeline. She's Joy. Right. And you can't All just, she's ever you can't known just is switch her that off. Yeah. Uh, or her mom as she knows her. Right. Um, so Rita goes back to the hotel sort of place that she's staying in and she relapses immediately. Yeah. She has lots of little drinks. Um, that also makes sense for an addict because a lot of addicts, um, despite having many years of sobriety, will still have alcohol in their house. Right. It's just a thing that happens. And relapses pretty much always happen. Well, and she's in a hotel, so Mm -hmm. it's not like she, it was already there for her. Yeah, I you know they didn't they don't really show if she brought it with her to the town or well if she they're went and picked they're the little up. bottles so right. I just assumed they came with the mini fridge. Yeah, uh, I'm certainly possible, and you know, I just think it totally fits, like for her to be in such a crazy emotional state. Like that is when mm-hmm. addicts relapse, right? You know I mean? When they don't have a support system, they're out on their own. You know, she's at her wit's end. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, that's the whole uh, Alcoholics Anonymous thing is set up for us to be a support system for you, you know? Yeah. The other addicts, one of them will sponsor you and you call that person and they are non judgmental. They are very far along in this variety. They help you. Yeah, they, they talk with, you off the right, ledge. Exactly. So um, she obviously doesn't have anybody around her like no. that. And I don't think. It, Castle Rock and or Jerusalem's Lot doesn't seem like a town that would be that would have a, no. <laughs> a bustling alcohol, Alcoholics Anonymous uh, meeting going on. Maybe so, though. I don't know. It's a crazy town. Mm-hmm. Both of them are. So um, then we see Annie writing a goodbye message of some kind, which we get a little bit later. Go back to the hospital. 
Turns out that Heather Lady now has two blood types. Yeah. Oops. Uh, that's weird. So. And was that uh, nurse? Was she a body snatcher already? Because they alluded to that, but I don't remember her being body snatched. Uh, I don't believe I ever saw her as one before, but yes, by the look that she gives, uh, one must assume. Yeah. Well, right? and she's like, whatever. She has two blood types. It's cute. Right. <laughs> then it's almost immediate after the blood type conversation. She goes to room, to Heather's room, Nadia does, and Heather's missing yeah. again <laughs> Gone. from a different place this time. Um, turns out she's back in the Marston house again. The The nurse lady must have tipped them off. Right. Right. Um, and the key we get here is that, as you were alluding to earlier, the meds for the, um, the antipsychotic meds, I guess, yeah. are a key that will for sure come up later. Because they weaken the um, the change or right. whatever that it confuses whatever these entities are that take over these bodies. This right? is like the only thing we know of that can help. Right. So you got to think Annie is also on these meds, are on and off of them. Right. Somehow that is going to come into play. Right. And because Nadia is a doctor and she was there when. And she knows who this other person is, that she's always on drugs, mm -hmm. and she thought it was an overdose. She's going to have the wherewithal, I think, to think, oh, okay, this is what could stop them. Right. So we'll see what happens with that. Obviously, that'll come, that most likely will come to fruition in some way. Right. I don't see how it couldn't. They've mentioned it twice in yeah. one episode. <laughs> There's no way it's not. It's important. Yeah. Um, Joy's also missing from the safe house. Uh, and she goes and meets with Annie and her friend. Uh -huh. In the woods. In the woods. Uh, they're at some kind of uh, hunter's like uh, setup in the woods, right? It's yeah. like one of these. It's like a platform or something. Yeah, yeah. It's where it's like hunters set up that kind of thing in the woods on their property so they can go and chill out. Yeah. You know, and wait for the deer to come to them. Basically. It's not like a true deer stand where it's no. up in the trees, but it's like a raised platform. Right. Uh Annie in this conversation with Joy basically is telling her about her love for Joy and that is the only thing that saves her from herself, you know, her good and her bad selves, right? Right. Uh Joy kind of susses out that Annie's plan was to murder suicide both of them yeah. right so Joy knowing that now or at least inferring that says you need to just run and go hide yeah somewhere else yeah because Annie said Joy's laugh is what saved them both right uh, so that's a pretty heavy thing again for Joy to know about. Yeah, like, <laughs> I almost was dead. Uh, the friend wants them to go on the run out of state. Sounds like a good plan. It does, for sure. I mean, everybody on the show should leave this town. Yeah. <laughs> before anything worse happens. Go, everybody go their separate ways. Yeah. And that's the thing with scary movies or shows is like the audience is always like, you need to leave just this place. Leave. <laughs> just go. But everybody's seemingly stuck in this town for lots of reasons, you know? Yeah. Just so, go. Make a clean break. Right. Uh, of course, 
within this episode at least, nobody is leaving. Uh, Nadia also wants to leave. And uh, not Chris is giving her wine. Yeah. So that's bad. Yeah, and saying he will <laughs> leave with her. Um, that's the last that we seen that we get with her. So do you have any predictions with Nadia with the what this situation is going to happen with her? I mean, he got her wine drunk for a reason. I feel like he's going to somehow bring her back to the manor. Yeah, do you think that she's gonna become one of the undead, or do you think she's? I don't gonna know because from that? It I seems need, like I, she's smarter than that, well, like to get roped into this. But she's, the, he's getting her drunk. Yeah. So, but we need her to be the one to save everybody. Yeah, exactly. End, so I don't, I don't know. know that she's gonna be that though. I think like she might be the MacGuffin or whatever. Like, it, they're like, look over here for this character to help save everybody. But then it turns out she's not going to be the one. Yeah. I think, actually, Annie's going to be the one that saves people, even though... Because she's... At least what we've seen so far, she's the most resourceful. Right. Especially in this next thing that we get. Again, she rises to the occasion. Like, you think she's going to have her redemption? Yeah. I I mean, it, it kind of just makes sense dramatically. Because she's the... She's the most flawed character yeah. on the show, I, th- I, th- I think. You know, that is not a, you know, undead creature of some yeah. kind. Like, she's the most, I guess, maybe the most human. Be- and w- the audience sees themselves in her because she's she wrestles with being a good and a bad person that she can't control herself sometimes. Yeah. And I don't know. Um, Rita also, we see ourselves in her because... She's been wronged. Yeah. She's essentially... She's a survivor. A good person that was just completely uh, taken advantage of and (laughs) fucked completely, right? So, uh, well, let's get to this last run of this episode, shall we? Um, Annie is at home, uh, or goes home, and Rita is there with a fucking gun. Yeah. Listening to a voicemail from Joy blowing her off. Right. Um, so, at this moment, I had to pause for a second mm-hmm. and write down that uh, a question for you. Odds here that Rita dies. Because I saw the situation only going one way because of what we I mentioned earlier, how the ace thing sort of ruins a plot line. It, well, it doesn't ruin it, but... It sort of uh, spoils that Annie is going to survive later. I didn't think she wouldn't. That's what I mean. Is like because Ace has these huge plans for her to be this, you know, vessel, whatever the major vessel person is going to be or whatever. You know, we don't really know that much about that situation yet. We're going to find out more probably. Yeah. But because Annie has to survive then she's not going to die in this situation with Rita. So I figured, well, there's a gun involved, so somebody's getting shot. Yeah. And it's not Annie. You know what I mean? Now, maybe Annie would get shot but survive. She would definitely survive, yeah. But... Yeah, I did not see this going well for Rita. No. And also, I did not see Rita's plot line going much further than what we got this episode. Just because, like... Like, how likely is it that Rita is going to just leave with Joy and right. then Joy and Rita are just off and not in the show anymore? It's not going to go that way. No, they're not going to get their happy ending. Exactly. There's no way. <laughs> it's just not possible. 
in a crazy show like this. Like, Not in Stephen King land. No, no. So anyway, um, that's why I kind of saw it, a little bit of this coming. You know what I mean? Not quite exactly how the situation works out, but essentially. You know what I mean? Oh, I figured Annie was going to finish the job. Yeah. So Joy uh, is reading. It, we're back um, at that in the woods somewhere, and Joy is reading the goodbye letter that Annie gave her. Yeah. She ends it with, you're my number one fan, which totally fits. Uh, but it's also totally manipulation on oh, Annie's yeah. part. It's not cool that she did that to her, but um, it makes sense that she would. Yeah. You know? Well, I Annie is so fucked up in the head that Joy is literally the only person keeping her sane. Right. So she's not wrong to do that. Um, but at the same time, it is manipulative. It's manipulative, but I don't feel like she knows that she's doing that. Right. She's not like, I wouldn't say she's intentionally manipulating, but that's what's happening. What that is, what is happening. Right. Yeah. So, um, Annie gets led by gunpoint out to the woods by Rita. Um, because Annie is so resourceful, she uses the whole throw the dirt in the eyes trick. Right. And in between this, Joy has come home. Oh, yeah, that's right. Joy goes back to the cabin. And sees that Annie's gone. Right. And the door's open. Right. Uh, So I'm not sure how (laughs) um, Joy so easily finds them. Like, I don't know if she's a tracker or something. (laughs) But, like, it's a wooded area around. I guess there's only so many paths. Yeah, well, and and after the dirt gets thrown in Rita's face, she does start shooting wildly. Oh, yeah, that's right. She shoots around, so that draws, Yeah, you you would hear that. Um, Then Annie gets her at gunpoint again. She She tackles her. Right, she tackles her. um, Or I I should say Rita gets Annie at gunpoint again. Yeah. Uh, Then from behind, Rita gets the old... uh, injection of uh sleepy, sleepy time sleepy yeah. time <laughs> and it's joy uh the gun tumbles and this is the super slow motion thing where they're trying to make you think this character is about to get shot uh-huh. this character is about to get shot no it's this character and you just hear a gun go off and the gun goes off and rita is the one who is shot which i sort of saw that coming uh-huh um, but like I said, for a second, they tease both Annie and Joy. Now, I thought for a split second that Joy, Joy was yeah. going to get shot. I was Me like, too. oh my God, no. Yeah, I thought for sure it was Joy. Because they all had like a shocked look on right. their faces. Like any one of them could have been the one that was just shot. Right. So, <sighs> you know, as I said, if they hadn't already teased so much with the ace storyline with Annie, I would have possibly thought Annie might get shot at least, but no, there's no way that's happening. Yeah. Um, at least Annie tries to help. Yeah, for sure. And that shows like she has a good side. It just goes all wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the gun just goes tumbling and it's a super dramatic moment. I actually liked that that's sort of how this episode ends. There is a couple of little yeah. things that tack on the end of this but they've done a really good job of like ramping up to the most insane situation at the end of the each episode right? yeah for sure uh really good cliffhangery sort of stuff that keeps you wanting more and it's like oh, i gotta wait another week i know <laughs> 
Um, you know, if it, I, it seems like it's going to end here for Rita. I, I said earlier, like I couldn't really see her storyline going much past this, but I don't feel like that she really got her due. And I think that's where the drama lies in it. It's like, yeah, you bring in this character and you, they tease you so much to like, she's, it's going to work out. <laughs> her life is not going to be completely awful right right? and then and come full circle yeah but it turns out yes it is gonna end completely awful yeah um back where you all started yeah with the three of them and it sucks but that's just the way that it goes yeah (laughs) you know uh so then we see um police car lights which how the hell did they get there so quick uh well they heard the gunshots they also heard the gunshots right. and knew exactly where to go. So I'm assuming somebody called them. Um, I you can't you can't really see the cops. It's sort of a faraway shot of the cops. Yeah, right? they're like up on a hill. So you can't really see who they are. One of them might be the cop that is already turned. Oh yeah. Also, other cops might already be turned. We don't know that yet. For sure. Um, also, part two. <laughs> <laughs> because the cops are called and they're involved whatsoever, now the uh, body snatcher people will know about this situation. Yeah. They will know exactly where Annie is. You know what I mean? Um, so somehow she's... What Annie does at the end of this episode is says, it was me. I did it. I did it. Yeah. Which I feel like will maybe save her a little bit because she'll end up in jail Mm -hmm. and then she won't be as readily available to be snatched. Yeah. Well, I think. Unless the entire police office, you know, police force has been turned. What I think now that we're talking about it a little bit more and I'm thinking about it more is that. Um, it's probably a pretty small police force. Uh, the one cop will be able to take her out of the jail, just like they were able to (laughs) easily take, uh, Heather out of the hospital. Right. Um, and then she will be well within their grasp. You know what I mean? I, I, it's kind of the perfect way for them to get a hold of her. It's like, she is under lock and key and she can't go anywhere she else. can't go anywhere yeah. else so they can easily i don't know that that's necessarily how it's going to happen but it would make sense so then what happens to joy after this does she go back to that group home uh yeah i don't know i mean is she going to be available to save everybody injecting <laughs> <laughs> him with sleepy time it's uh, the logical place for her to go is back under the care of that home. Yeah. Uh, she. Cause she can't rely on Nadia. <laughs> can Annie tell her to take off into the woods right at that situation that's still happening? And then she gets away, but then they take Annie. Maybe. Uh, that's one way it could go. The police certainly aren't going to just let her go back to the house alone, especially no. when the DFS has already been called for sure. Um, will Annie become undead like mm-hmm. they're planning on it? We don't know yet, but 
Will we get a glimpse of Amity in her? Yeah, I don't know. That it, could be fun. I could I could see that going, and then her just being like even more batshit crazy and yeah, powerful. That would be fun. Well, I definitely think that the drugs thing is going to come into play for sure. So, um, I don't see Annie just succumbing to their will. You know what I mean? Yeah. These these creatures or what? Are the undead or the uh, the body snatchers, as we've been calling mm-hmm. them. Um, so it's, uh, I don't know, it's, it's really playing out very interestingly and there's a lot of different ways that this could go. So for sure, um, I guess that pretty much does it for this episode. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you want to talk about at the end here? Or are you good to go? I'm good. I just can't wait to see next episode. And I can't wait to see people's smiling faces at the Ivory reunion <laughs> should be cool. That's a cheap plug at the end of this episode. <laughs> Are you, okay, so going back to, to the episode, I yeah. feel like next episode, they're not going to show us anything that remotely has to do with anything we just saw. It's possible. Because they're really good about that. They're really good about being like, oh, remember that oh shit moment? Yeah, you're not going to see anything about that next week. So would it just be the body snatchers? That's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, we're going to focus more on Ace and Chris. and Them taking over the town. Yeah, maybe what, like what happens with Nadia. And... Yeah. What's kind of cool about how this is playing out um, while I'm reading Salem's Lot is that they kind of like run concurrently. Like things are happening in a lot of some very similar way, you know, because the town is such a like a burg. It's not really like a big major city. Yeah. It's feasible that under sort of under the wire people are disappearing and not that many people are noticing yeah and they're acting you know, that's a difference is like the vampires don't act normal <laughs> <laughs> you know they are in hiding um and that kind of thing so like yeah these people aren't hiding right they're acclimating and they're you know they're acting like very creepy versions of themselves uh-huh. but essentially they're hiding in plain sight you know, well, because their personality's gone, right? Yeah, I I still don't know how I feel about them just being calm versions of themselves. <laughs> I don't know that that's that convincing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when Chris is basically liquoring up um, Nadia in this episode, it's like, shouldn't she notice? Like they're essentially brother and sister. Shouldn't she at least noticed like something oh, is don't call odd him, about don't call him brother and sister they're having sex with each other oh yeah no i guess not <laughs> <laughs> i didn't see them having sex with each other when does that happen it was like insinuated when she got out of bed with oh. him like one episode yeah, and then I guess I, I she that. wants him to run away with her they're like secret lovers okay well must have been real secret to me because i didn't pick <laughs> up on any of those vibes yeah that's odd yeah, they definitely show her getting out of bed yeah. with him. Because hmm. that's when she leaves to go uh, investigate at yeah. Pop's store. Well, again, I'm glad that I am here and able to have these conversations <laughs> with you. Because like, stuff like that, which could come into play, like I it would have totally gone under the wire for me. I don't know if it's because I'm so focused on other things, yeah. maybe um that i just don't call him brother sister no i won't (laughs) i definitely won't now (laughs) 
Okay, that does it for this episode. If you like it, please um, put a ring know, on it. Put a ring on it. I don't know that that's how the lyrics go in that song. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if you like it, then you better put a ring on it. I don't. Maybe. It's totally the I'm lyrics. Not- <laughs> well, you're not up on your Beyonce. I'm not. <laughs> Unless Weird. she guest stars on this show. Weird. Which the only time I've ever seen her guest star in anything was the Austin Powers uh, like third movie or something like that. Oh, uh, yeah. It's because she got paid heavily. Whoa. Oh, my God. Things are happening here at the Kinsley's little at the cat uh, house. Jacked up on catnip, apparently. Uh, share the show with your friends and family. And your foes. Your coworkers. Your fellow library librarians. <laughs> um, and give us a rating if you listen to us on iTunes because we still only have um, four. And then one really bad review. We're yeah. still stagnant at that same amount of people. And now this guy can bitch again. Yeah. About burping. Even well, though it was off mic. mic that time. I know. It was off, every time is off mic. It seems like we bring up this bourbon thing every episode, too. We're just keeping it alive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening, and until next time, bye-bye. Bye.